Hi, everyone. Uh, before we get into the episode, we're starting things a little bit differently. Uh, first of all, we want to thank you so much. Uh, we saw the insight uh, for the number of listens uh, this last uh, week, and the numbers were very humbling. So thank you so much for listening. A special shout out to uh, Patrick Campmeyer, um, who is, you can see, is the number one fan. Um, you know, you can always email us at talkingtwinpeaks at gmail.com. Uh, we will take a look at their, your um, comments, questions, concerns, uh, insights uh, that you want to uh, give us as well. We Very, very happy to hear from you. Joe, do you have anything else to say to the amazing fans that we have? Yeah, uh, please send uh, all your uh, all your YouTube covers of just you and I to Paul. He loves that song <laughs> so much. Uh yeah, thank you guys. It's it's awesome knowing you guys are all out there listening. Uh, yeah, you it just it's it's really it's really fun for us to do, and we're glad that you're up. You you guys are uh, listening to us ramble about a show we love. So. Yeah, I tell you what, if if, you, if someone does, if if I start getting an influx of you and I covers, I will put them on our YouTube channel. I will we will put them on the showdown, and we will actually play them on our podcast. I that is something I will totally do. so all right well yes from both uh joe and i thank you again and we hope you enjoy uh this episode um part uh 12 Welcome back to a podcast above a convenience store, Talking Twin Peaks. I'm Joe Fremming from the Joe Down. With me, as always, is Paul Muad'Dib from Cast That Movie. How you doing, Paul? Living the dream. <laughs> How are you doing? Uh, I, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Yep. So, uh, I'm sorry, everybody. I'm a little tired. So, we're going to jump right into this. This is part 13 of The Return. What story is that, Charlie? Uh, it's it's a more it's a more Twin Peaksy episode. Uh, more callbacks to the past. Uh, one I am infuriated about. <laughs> yeah, I knew that in was fact, coming. I skipped right over it once it got to it. <laughs> I didn't. Well, you're a braver man than I. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is just you and I, sir, doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I. <laughs> oh. All right. Oh, so let's kick this off, shall we, Paul? With I agree, Mitchum Joe. Brothers and Cooper. <laughs> Cha-cha-cha into Bushnell's office. I, first of all, I love the music choice. 
and I just love the scene. <laughs> I was giggling as soon as this happened. I was like, oh, God, I forgot about this. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, the, the Mitchum brothers are uh, they're very happy with Lucky 7 insurance to the point where it's almost, it seems downright shady that they're giving <laughs> Bushnell a BMW convertible and monogrammed diamond cuff. I don't think you're allowed to take take gifts like that. <clears throat> I don't think you're allowed. And no, one of no, one no. of the best lines of the episode is, "You're I heard you're out all night partying." Okay, first of all, how did Bushnell hear this? And then <laughs> and then he's like, "You should call your wife." And he's like, "Wife." <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dougie. <laughs> Yeah, and as this is all going on, we see our Tom Sizemore, uh, Anthony, uh, hiding under his desk because his plan of having the Mitchum brothers kill Dougie has backfired. Oh, and then and then you get that music shift, that dark Twin Peaks music shift, right? And you can tell on the guy that plays um, Todd, Duncan Todd, is um, um, really good because you can just see the fear on his face. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, this would be the second time he's failed for Mr. C at getting Dougie whacked, which, you know, in theory should be one of the easiest things in the world since he just walks in the glass windows all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the pacing on this episode is a little infuriating, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, then we cut to... Um, um, they leave, and then we cut to the delivery men with the uh, with the play set with, with the with the uh, gym set and a new car <laughs> for Jane E. Uh, um, and then they cut the two it being nighttime, and they have the set. And all I could think to myself is, that's too small for Sonny Jim. <laughs> yeah, but it does. It's weird because we get that weird uh, spotlight effect. That like we used to get like with in the original run of the show with when it came to the lodge stuff. So that was an interesting uh, effect yes. to use. Yes, I th you picked that up too. I picked that up as well. I was like, oh, that's that usually indicates a lodge, but you know, I just I, but I was also distracted because the fact that Sunny Jim is too big for the gym set. <laughs> Again, I want to stress this. And Janie says he's in seventh heaven. No, he's on a gym set that's too fucking small for him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the Mitchum brothers would be happy to get a bigger one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure they couldn't get uh, Sonny Jim's age out of out of Cooper, considering he just repeats everything people say. <laughs> Wife. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we get to. The part that I've been wanting to talk to the last, like, three, four episodes that we've had, um, which is The Farm. Yes. Uh, yeah, this is a really cool scene. Uh, it's Western Montana. Mm -hmm. Western Montana. <laughs> Mr. C just shows up looking for that fucker Ray. <laughs> <laughs> and he's greeted by... Um, reboots uh, Friday the Thirteenth reboots Derek Mears. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be fair, 
he wasn't the problem with that movie. <laughs> he was not. No, no, he was not the problem with that movie. Um, the problem with that movie was the director. Uh, I mean, and that's something maybe I'll do sometime for cast that movie. We'll do the the, the Friday the Thirteenth reboot. Yeah, uh, it's also when your main characters counselors are you just want them to get killed. Doesn't really make it bode well when you're actively rooting for Jason. You're supposed to be privately rooting for Jason. You're supposed to be privately rooting for Jason. But the other thing was, too, I, I don't want to get in that. Let's look. Yeah, let's go. Let's <laughs> Mr. C is here. Uh, we got another movie we're going to reference here in a little bit, folks. Yes. Wanna, <laughs> <laughs> we did it on a Joe down, actually. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. So uh, C shows up uh, and he meets uh, the gang at the farm. And well, they have a really weird. Well, first of all, uh, Ray says, I killed him. <laughs> the boss guy's like, You didn't kill him too good, right? <laughs> he's like, How did he get in here? I gave him the code. And he just kind of looks at him. <laughs> he's like, But I didn't let him the door code, so he's stuck there. And then we hear the fatal words of, you you know, uh, you'll get him, but I want to play with him first. And you're like, ah, nope, that's going to go wrong. <laughs> oh, man. And can we just also add that how much <laughs> Mr. C looks like Glenn Danzig in this? Oh, so much. Yes. Yes, uh, he does. He's going to belt out mother. <laughs> well, now I have a conspiracy theory I want to lay on you real quick. We don't have to discuss it. But I believe that Glenn Danzig is actually Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison faked his death, became Glenn Danzig. So really, we got uh, Jim Danzig over here as <laughs> Mr. C's playing. <laughs> oh, I can buy it. I, right? I, can, I can see it. <laughs> I, I, I see it. I'm like... The voice is just... We're getting off track, but Danzig's voice is spot on Morrison. So, and you can see it. Like it's like, yep. Whoa, what happened here? He got clean. He got clean and became Danzig. Good for <laughs> Jim. <laughs> yeah, he, he had a half again. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, he even ended up on a Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Anyways, that's our second fucking rabbit hole. Not even the main one we're going to go into. Joe, get me to the main rabbit hole. Okay, so we find out this gang, uh, the boss is in charge because nobody can beat him at arm wrestling. That's uh, that's a real thing, folks. <laughs> that's a weird thing. Like, I know they wanted to do an arm wrestling thing, and they wanted to get the importance of the arm wrestling with this character, but it's so it's so bad dude it's you got all these people surrounded with guns and pagers and drugs i mean this place is a venerable fortress when you really look at it later like as as the, the shit starts to go down and everyone comes piling up um and uh yeah yeah <laughs> they wanted to get across the 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 over the top so I feel like yep. I'm I'm gonna have to do when we talk now. I'm gonna have to break up the the, the Stallone here. So go ahead, Joe, get done. <laughs> well, you see, my this hat when I turn it around, I become more of a machine, <laughs> more machine than man. Yeah. I'm more machine than man. <laughs> yeah. So they <laughs> they walk down to this table where I guess they arm wrestle. I don't know. <laughs> this is one of the weirder things of this. <laughs> 
<laughs> of Twin Peaks. It, uh, and the guy it, sucker punches Mr. C. <laughs> right, right in the back and says, that's for, well, the best part is to, to start with, uh, he calls him out. Even, even Mr. C calls out. He's like, what is this? Nursery school? Kindergarten? <laughs> he knows the score. <laughs> oh, so yeah. And, uh, we see here Twin Peaks goes over the top. Uh, man, we also see Mr. C has pretty elaborate powers. Uh, something we never saw with, uh, Leland with, with Bob. And I'm guessing this is probably because more the doppelganger comes from the lodge itself. Not of, not of our world. Mm-hmm. And so Paul, let's get to starting positions. Hey, yo, starting positions, the best. <laughs> it's the <laughs> most comfortable. <laughs> All right, I'm done with my horrible Stallone reference. I'm done. I'm done with that accent. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, weird powers right like did you you i felt like this was totally i i this was not physical what he was doing this was all lodge entity power is what i got in this in this in this whole thing it seemed like magic yes yeah um it's like he's just like moving his arm back and forth without as this guy is struggling to beat him (laughs) (laughs) And, and Dewey. Can, can we talk about Dewey for a minute? Can we talk about Dewey? <laughs> the rat-looking bastard? That, 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 uh, uh, oh no, was it Muddy? It was, it was Muddy. It wasn't Dewey. It was Muddy, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, I don't remember. All I know is this scene had so many character actors from so many different shows. Oh my god, unbelievable, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, um... Uh, he's just kind of the, he, he explains to them that, uh, yeah, I think it was Dewey uh, or Muddy, um, that, um, that in order to be, he's like, what happens if I win? Like, you know, he wants to know, okay, I win, I win the, the, the over the top arm wrestling. <laughs> what do I get? And they're like, you become leader of this gang. And, he, and he's like, I don't want it. And I'm going, you got a fortress Cooper. What are you doing? Mr. C, what are you doing? But he doesn't want it. It's like he just wants that fucker ray. And uh, so uh, Derek Mears says, fine, you can have him if you win. Bad move. If I was Ray, I would have been pissed. I've been like, oh. fuck you, shoot him. <laughs> I saw this guy come back from the dead. Yeah, right. I shot him and he came back. What do you think about arm wrestling, this son of a bitch? No way. Fuck off. So, yeah, I thought that was... um. That was hilarious. Um, so yeah, so they're playing, and he, he's just toying with them. And then, <laughs> towards the end of it, he uh, um, uh, gets. He's like, "I don't like it here." <laughs> he like puts his arm all the way down. See what I mean? It's uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Starting point is more comfortable. Is more comfortable. And then he just slaughters him. And punches him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> a kill shot, too. <laughs> a kill shot. And a fucking kill shot. I mean, he crushes his face. And th- now, <laughs> this is the worst gang ever. Because if I saw that, I'd shoot the guy, right? It wouldn't matter win or lose. Like, yeah. fucking shoot him. Nope. Nope. They're, uh, Muddy starts calling him boss. <laughs> Such a weird gang. Like, what the fuck? It's a bizarre gang, right? 
Oh, yeah. And Ray's not happy because they're holding him. They're still holding him because part of the, the deal now that Mr. C's boss that he gets Ray. And uh, yeah. he wants everybody's cell phone, cell phones. Uh, I guess this is how he gets his collection of burner burner phones, I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we yeah. got that weird accountant guy staring on as everybody kind of leaves. Yeah, the accountant. You need any money? No. <laughs> Just staring at him? Just staring at him. You, you, you need money? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so then we start to get some real exposition. Um, he requests to be alone with Ray. Everyone leaves him alone. Um, <clears throat> he, we get some interesting things about Philip Jeffries in this particular one. First, he shoots Ray in the leg. For, yeah, okay, sorry. Yes, first he shoots, shoots, shoots Ray in the leg. Yes, you're right. Um, and then we get some interesting, um, you know, information about how Philip Jeffries was the one that wanted him dead. And, um, you know, because he had something inside him that they wanted. So this leads me to believe there's two, uh, I, I think, two Philip Jeffries. I, I think there's, I think there is Albert, but I think there's another entity. I think there's another one that's fucking with things as well. Do you agree or disagree? Well, yeah, because there is another Philip Jeffries. Well, it's a giant teapot later on. <laughs> Yes, but I don't know if that if that Jeffries was involved in much outside of being a fucking teapot, short and stout. I think that Jeffries is the one that uh, Ray was working for. That's what I okay. Thank you for saying that because 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 like we saw like earlier that phone melting in Buenos Aires, so we know that there's Lodge Magic working where Jeffries has been. So that's why I think this mm-hmm. was Philip Jeffries that we know. I would agree with you. Okay, good. Okay, same page. Glad glad to hear it. So then he um asked for the coordinates. And like Ray does the like Ray, oh, no, first they talk about the ring. They talk about the ring, right? Okay, so uh, Ray wants to grab something from his pocket. Uh, <laughs> Mr. C's like, don't go for your gun. Like, where's he hiding a gun? Like, those are some skinny jeans, man. He's, he, I think Ray went all in on the skinny jeans, didn't he? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, so he pulls out of his pot back, one of his back pockets. Uh, the the jade ring, the owl cave ring, to which Mr. C is not happy to see it. No, no, Mr. C is not happy to see that. Um, he immediately asks where he got it. Um, and, uh, he said it was given to my guard, but he'd never seen that guard before, before they left. So that again leads to this wasn't this wasn't Albert being Jeffries. This was the lodge getting involved, trying to get uh, things back to normal. Would you agree? Or it is Jeffries? Oh, you we think don't it... know what Jeffries like. Jeffries, you know, he had some considerable means when we saw him in Fire Walk with me, where he's living in Buenos Aires. So. 
and he, wow. we saw he has his network too because that phone melted. Mm-hmm. So uh, I want to say because uh, uh, up till now, it, it, the stories are pretty straightforward. You, you know what I mean? Like for a Twin Peaks, that's even shocking. Like how? Yeah, we can we can go on like the rabbit holes, which we which we love to do. But I think this is one of those things where, like, I think this is just Jeffries in his teapot <laughs> trying to right the wrong that is Mr. C. And I think he's been trying to do that since Firewalk with me when he came to the Philadelphia office. Oh, okay. I like that. Because remember in that, he goes, who do you <clears throat> think this is? Oh, that's not. Oh, man, that's that's crafty of Lynch. Yeah. Wow! Yeah, he made the, he made a throwaway line into something big. Yeah, and it comes up when uh, in a later episode when Cole remembers that incident too. They they point to it. So yeah, that's why this is why I think it, this is Jeffrey's. This is almost like a three three pronged war at this point. I think it's Jeffrey's, Mister C, and Judy. And then, the, or maybe four, if you include the lodges, because I don't think the lodges are in cahoots, or the black lodges in cahoots with Jeffries or anything. They're trying to, they're trying to right the wrong of the lodge through Cooper. Yes. Well, then, well, then you could look at another prong too that you have Major Briggs doing his own thing as well. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. There's a lot going on. Okay. So what? yeah. So he's. Go ahead. More than I thought going into this review. <laughs> right? Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, just a side note, people. When we were talking earlier. He's like, hey, I think this one should be pretty quick. And going, really? <laughs> um, but, yeah, no. He, he he says, you know, I'm full to put it on you after I kill you. Um, and, you know, Mr. C makes him put it on his left ring finger. And then um, asks for the the coordinates then out of nowhere richard horn shows up at the farm (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i'm assuming this farm is also involved with the well the farm is involved with red i don't know because we don't even know if richard's on the lamb yeah but how did richard know the farm yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, I don't know if this is a red involved thing. This may be just through Richard's underworld connections. It could be red. Who knows? It's a coincidence. It's a, it's, to me, it, this was a, um, when I, I forgot about this, and then I forgot this is how Richard and Mr. C meet up, was at this scene. Um, this feels a little forced, not going to lie. This feels really odd. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Okay. We're in agreement. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So then he asks uh, for the coordinates. Ray hands them over. Ray makes a point of, do you really think I'm going to give them to you? Can you even trust what I'm going to give you? And then he gives him the coordinates. <laughs> I, I, was just like, I was like, oh, okay. I'm like, oh, he's got a point. Oh, what the fuck? All right, whatever, Ray. Last, Custer's last stand, I guess, buddy. Um, <laughs> it's a weird thing to say before you know the guest guy's gonna kill you no matter what, but that's like your one. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's your one. And then he asks, he takes the coordinates and he asks where um, Jeffrey's last known location. He said, "Yeah, I, I, he's." It's like I don't know, and he's you know gonna threaten him again. He's like, "Look, I thought he was at the. He said he's at the Dutchman, but that doesn't." Boom! Cooper just shoots him. Finally, gets that fucker a. Oh yeah. 
And then he makes the comment of, I know where that is. Yep, he knows what the Dutchman's is. Yep. So do we know what the Dutchman's is, Joe? Well, yeah, we've seen this. So you and I know what the Dutchman's is. But up Uh, to this point, do we know what the Dutchman's is? No. No, no, there's no no way. There's no way in hell you can know what the Dutchman's is. Yep. So that's not... Another mystery sprung on us this deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, episode 13, another mystery comes out. There's only there's only five left, folks. <laughs> so, well, four left, actually. Um, so then he leaves, and he could tell the camera's on him. And the ring, no, the ring disappears, but Red doesn't. Did you notice that? Or Ray doesn't? No, he doesn't, but he does appear in the lodge. So he I does think... A- He's he's between two worlds. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, it, it was kind of weird because you know most of the time when someone dies with the ring on, they end up in the lodge, right? Yeah. Um, well, I think it's the intentions of the ring. Oh yeah, that's true. And the ring didn't want him, so the ring didn't care. Yeah, he um, did not gain anything from the ring. He didn't use it for nefarious reasons, for power, or whatever that we've read about in like uh, secret history. He was just given the ring to, just to put on. He wasn't even, you know, so he never wore it for any reason other than his life. He was at gunpoint, so I, that's why I think I, he didn't disappear. He was not called by the ring like others have. Fair enough. I think that's smart. I, I, I like that. Yeah. That, but it did put him in two worlds, though, because he does appear in the lodge. So it's yes. part of it. Yep. And then the ring disappears, and Mike puts it back on the pedestal. I'm sure Mike's not happy that the ring's back. Um, and then we see kind of Richard recognizes Mr. C and goes after him. Um, and, uh, yeah, Ray does. Not Red Ray. And then we cut to the Fusco detectives. Oh, God, I love him. <laughs> Cause mom wants him over for Sunday dinner. <laughs> <laughs> mom wants him over for Sunday dinner. So hopefully no one dies. <laughs> That's how it's going to happen. Oh. Um, but while this is going on, there is shit going on off screen that I wanted to see. <laughs> I did too. Cause there's screeching and screaming and I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Threatening to kill the cops, threatening, you know, they had to tase a woman. She's screaming about their nuts. Um, it's, there's just a lot of shit going on. So then Todd, you know, Todd Packard comes in and he's like, well, we got a prince back. He escaped from the South the, Dakota prison. And he's a missing FBI agent. And they all laugh at that and make a bet for a dollar that he can throw it in the wastebasket. Oh, so even there, Todd Packard does not take his job seriously as a cop either. Um, and then we see Sizemore show up. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and he wants to, he wants to talk to another detective. Um, and um, so he apparently all like the cops are on Mister Todd's take. So Mister Todd's a bigger deal than we thought. Yeah, well, two cops are. Yes. It's the two cops we meet here when uh, Sizemore shows up. He's looking for the detective. This guy's really not happy to see him there uh, right now. And they just rightfully assume he's a weak link in their organization. Yes. Because he's, he's going to a police station asking for a cop for points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're like, he's cracking. He's cracking here. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, it, it sounds like he's on the cop's hit list. Um, for sure. And, but apparently he gets the poison 
because the um, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that because next we get an interesting little take of um, Hutch and Chantel driving through Utah, talking about Mormons, um, <laughs> how they don't drink, they don't have sex before marriage, they don't um, they don't have coke, like like they don't drink coke, they don't do anything, and. Yeah, it was kind of just a. That was an odd thing thrown at it. It was just kind of like, okay, that's padding. <laughs> yeah, that was padding. That was. That, I mean, it was a funny anecdote, but yeah, that, that had no reason to be there. <laughs> yeah, and so then we get back to Mister uh, to to Dougie. Janie's Janie. driving, and Janie E happily driving him in the car uh, in the in the new um, in the new BMW convertible, and. She's so happy, and he's she's just so blissfully unaware of how fucked he is. Um, and you know, she has to let him out and unbuckle him. And he, this is where you talk about it, Joe. You mentioned this earlier. What does he, what does our intrepid hero Dougie Jones do? Walks right into a glass wall, glass <laughs> door as Sizemore's waiting for him. God, <laughs> and what it looked like to me that, uh, that like you know. Cooper really was, uh, Kyle McLaughlin went all in on that hit in the window, didn't he? Like in that glass. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was brilliant. And, you know, you see uh, Sinclair. He is a, Tom Sizemore, Sizemore is a bundle of nerves. Um, and uh, he decides that he's going to take, and he doesn't even go, like he doesn't even go get Dougie. He waits for someone to come by and let Dougie in the damn door because Dougie doesn't know how to work the door. And um, decides to take him for coffee, which he says, coffee. Um, and uh, then for whatever reason, he gets up and leaves, right? Just for no reason, Dougie gets up and leaves. Um, and he's staring at the pie. And I thought this was a really interesting di- uh, thing, just with the way that he's staring at the pie and how the waitress or the lady working behind the counter is interacting with him. I, I don't know. It just struck me as funny. Yeah, just because he's he's just staring at the pie. She's like, "Yeah, I'll bring some out to you." <laughs> he just keeps pointing at it. Pie, <laughs> cherry pie. Well, he's gone. We we know Sizemore got the got got the drug and um, pours it in the coffee. I was expecting to see something with the lodge here, right? Like the, how the lodge has been protecting Dougie. Yep, but it's not. No, I think uh, they kind of know. Uh, I mean, it's a, it was a risk, but I mean, I think because ultimately, you know, well, you who know because Dougie is transfixed by Sizemore's dandruff. Yes, yeah, he sees the dandruff, and there's a lot of dandruff on Sizemore's on Sizemore's uh, uh, suit coat, and he starts playing with it and starts kind of rubbing his back. And for whatever reason, this freaks out Sinc- uh, freaks out Sinclair, you know, Sizemore, and starts yelling, "I'm sorry, Dougie. I'm sorry, Dougie." It runs off with the coffee, to which, you know, obviously Dougie has no idea what's going on. Just sits down and drinks Tom Sizemore's coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, go ahead. Yeah, you you do the next part because as you said, this is more Twin Peaks, and we're gonna get some more of that Twin Peaks here. Okay, yeah. So we're at the double R. Uh, 
Yes, and uh, Becky calls Shelly. Steve's been missing for two nights, uh, probably on a bender uh, with uh, Donna Hayward's little sister. Uh, And we get, like, this moment where, like, Shelly asks, why don't you come on down for some cherry pie and ice cream and all that, like this, like, you know, the the comfort food elements of Twin Peaks. Yep, the hokiness. Yep, the hokey food. Yep, yep. And, And of course, she can't resist. (laughs) Yeah. And then uh, we cut now back into Bushnell's office with Sizemore spilling the beans. Oh, yeah. He and (laughs) thank Dougie. (laughs) (laughs) And Bushnell pretty much sets up Sizemore. You know, he was going to turn him in. And now at this point, Bushnell's basically setting him up for death. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it just yeah. This is like you know he like he knows all of this. Dougie explained it all to him, even implicating himself. <laughs> um, and uh, he's like, yeah, but you're gonna you're gonna have to do something now. You're gonna have to testify against Duncan Todd mm-hmm. and the two cops. To which he's like, the two cops are worse than Todd. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the two co- yeah, he's like, yeah, the two cops that he's been working with are worse than Todd. Um, and you know, but he knows, and he's thanking Dougie for putting him on the right path. He's been coughing up blood, and I'm going, is this is this Sinclair talking or is this Tom Sizemore talking about his last bender? <laughs> <laughs> it could be a little from column A, a little from column B. <laughs> could be a little bit of both. And um they uh um um, and that's kind of where that ends. And then Bobby goes to the diner and he's looking for uh, Shelly. You kind of get the vibe that, you know, Bobby still wants to work things out with Shelly. That's my that's my feeling. Yeah, uh, but she's with Red. Yeah, it's he's he's still holding a flame, I think. Uh, and this is I think this is a kind of hit home because, like, he ends up sitting down with two people who. <laughs> With Big Ed, who has a flame for Norma, and mm-hmm. she's with uh, Walter. Um, yes, yes, she's yes. We learned that she's with Walter. Um, and um, the uh, um, you know, there's nothing going on here. But then they both end up leaving, so she can talk to Walter. And Walter seems to be only in her in with her for the money. Yeah, <laughs> he's a business guy. Uh, talking about the, you know, they're turning a profit, uh, except for the flagship location. And then we get with this whole thing, this feels like such a meta commentary on the show Twin Peaks itself and like the uh, the issues the return had uh, pre production with uh, Showtime. <laughs> Did you pick up on that? No, I didn't. Well, as you know, it's like, you know, you're spending too much for pie, you're not charging enough, you know, it's not ter- turning a profit. And she's like, well, the ingredients is, are important. You got to get it right. <laughs> <laughs> this could be commentary on season two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that could be very much. Con- yes. Commentary on season two. Maybe was. Um, yeah, I, I didn't. That that did not click with me. Yep, it, it it clicked with me just because he's he's like you know just you know change it a bit and be more profitable. I was like no, no. Yeah, she's not down for that at all. 
Um, and you could tell she's a little upset by that. And you could tell that that Ed's sad, you know, that she's with Walter. Um, but, you know, it's been 25 years and he's still with Nadine. So things have got to move along. Although we haven't seen him with those two together. Nope. And nope. Yeah, we have not seen him together. Oh, yeah. And I don't think we see him together until toward the very end either. Correct. So. Yeah. Well, let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves in that one because that's another one to talk about. So speaking of Norma, we cut to silent run, silent run drapes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that name still cracks me up. And it, uh, there's a there's a shitty truck driving by, and it stops, backs up, and someone starts ringing, uh, starts manically ringing the bell of the shop. Yeah, Jacoby saw his golden shovel in her display window. <laughs> yes, and they they have a moment, don't they? There was um, there was something there between them. I thought. Yep. Oh yeah. Yes, because uh, he was happy with the decoration. You know, they're flirting, and I want to say that the the, the uh, I forget the name of the actress off the top of my head who plays Nadine. Um, Wendy Roby, I think. Thank you. Yes. Or Randy Roby. Amazing. She has not missed a beat playing that. Like, there's certain people in the show that they're playing. They're not who they were in the in in the 25 years ago. Right. Like, it's yeah. just. And I think ahead. a lot of that is like the actors were younger. Like mm-hmm. they're playing teenagers. Where like Ed and Nadine and Norma are kind of the same because we met them in their mid mid to late thirties. Yep. True. I will say though, Shelly, uh, uh, Matic is, is a ama- uh, Matt magic is an amazing actress. Cause she straight up Shelly, not missing a beat either, oh, yeah. but, but Norma, uh, Norma, uh, I mean, Nadine, Oh my God, she is straight up Nadine still 25 years later. And that made me so happy. <laughs> yeah. And I always, it's just, it makes me whenever, so I, whenever I see uh, Ed and Nadine, I just it makes me want to watch pe- uh, people under the stairs because they play such a, a great, great psychotic couple yeah. in that movie. Yeah, yeah, and, and and you know they do, and it's amazing. Yeah, I, I totally yes, I do want to watch that as well. But it also makes me want to go back and watch. It actually made me want to go back and watch the originals with Nadine again because I really did appreciate her a lot more with this, and but. Jacoby this makes season one. This is like season one, Nadine. Not yes, not, not season her two. dating uh, Mike. Season two. Nadine. Oh god, so bad. So bad. you had to bring that up when she was dating Snake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, but Jacoby kind of lets uh, really lets us know that he has a thing for Nadine because he remembered the last time he saw her was was it five years ago. Uh, or three years ago when she was on it was like five years ago he saw her at the grocery store with was it potatoes like picking up potatoes yeah she was she was she was on she was looking for potatoes and during a storm and uh they kind of just i think it kind of clicked with her too that dr amp because she doesn't want to call him dr jacoby she wants to call him dr amp um wants to bone nadine (laughs) (laughs) which is good for you yeah now we get to a scene that I think we might spend a little bit of time on. Um, yeah, at the Palmer residence. Uh, 
It's Sarah Palmer uh, drinking her Bloody Marys. But, like, the TV's on a loop of a boxing match. And it's only playing, like, with the same, like, five, ten seconds over and over again. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, for a while, it loops the same spot. But then towards the end of the scene, it starts looping at a different spot. Did you catch that? I did not catch that, but I think that's, uh, yeah, this is, I think this is a clue in that, uh, again, with what's been going on, something's not right in these alternate universes, too, where something's amiss. Mm -hmm. So Sarah slash Judy is kind of in a loop herself. And I think, and I just, I think this scene, I think a lot of the Sarah Palmer scenes might be in, uh, Almost almost a different timeline, I'd want to say, because we, with the exception of Hawk, she's in a she's just in her own world. You know what I mean? Uh, well, no, I don't scratch that because Final Dossier fuck covers that. So no, no, no. But she's uh, this is telling me there's trouble in, amongst the worlds now. Uh, Bob and Mister C have, are fucking things up. Yeah, and I'm not and, sure Judy knows w- what's going on. I mean, we get she's a powerful entity, but I, she might. I think some even Judy might be having anxiety too over what's going on. Yeah, because something's amiss, and she might not know. I yeah, and I kind of figured that this was Judy taking over, and um, you know, Judy's. I mean, Judy is a violent creature, and that particular the, the the loop that was playing on the on the um on that boxing match over and over really um kind of i thought it was the like wanting to see that that because every time we cut to sarah drinking there's something violent on the tv repeating itself yep and that's also kind of like when we first see sarah in the return she's watching that wolf yep yes Yes, so I I don't I think especially with uh, Sarah being as old as she is now, I don't think we're seeing a lot of Sarah anymore. I think we're seeing Judy. Yep, I think we saw the only the time we saw Sarah Palmer was at the liquor store before things went crazy on her. I would a thousand percent agree. I don't think we've ever seen her in this one. So <clears throat> then, God, then we cut to. Um, Audrey, Audrey and Charlie. Again, uh, I'd love this if this was its own aside. Uh, it just seems like a short film. <laughs> it just doesn't mix with the story. But uh, 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 Audrey's having a panic attack. Yes, and she doesn't know what she wants to do. And you know, we 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 went at it. I think last episode uh, that we were together ad nauseum. Um, and I just, I, I, I walk away with the same feelings on the song. I just don't care. Right. Yeah. I, I, I don't care what's going on with Audrey and Charlie. Yeah. And as again, I enjoy the scenes for what they are. It just is not moving the story along here, which is just like, and surprise, it really has no impact on the story going forward. It, it's, it's weird. It, yeah. Yeah, there's there's nothing of value up to this. Like, like you're right. Um, um, in the terms of if this was its own thing, like if this was a running side 
plot, subplot, I'd be all in. I'd be all in. But it came late and it goes nowhere, so it doesn't matter. I don't, you know, I don't care who Tina is. Um, um, I don't care who Billy. We know, kind of know who Billy is. Um, we and but you know, we start to see that Audrey's not okay because she doesn't know what she wants to do. And now Charlie, who didn't want to go to the Roadhouse, is wanting to deciding to take her to the Roadhouse. And he says something interesting. Do you need me to end your story? Yeah. And, and her story too. Yeah, and her story too. And then we get a weird what story is that, Charlie, which is the name of the episode? Yeah. Is that the story of the little girl who lived down the lane? I'm really thinking that's a that's a reference to Mulholland Drive. It well, the arm said it in one of the first episodes. The arm? Yeah. Well, Cooper was in the lodge. This is the story of the little girl who lived down the lane. Oh, I didn't I don't remember that. Yeah, and it's like and I you know, and again, this scene was this stuff was all added into the script after the script was done because Cheryl and Finn wanted more to do. And I think this was like Lynch trying to like kind of like shoehorn this with maybe lodge stuff, but I it, it, you know, it's like I don't care. Uh, just I just don't uh, it's it's not adding anything. This is uh, I would have preferred if they left Audrey out, and he would have just done a short film, Audrey and Charlie. Yes. I'd watch that. I would definitely watch that. Um, I, I yeah, I, you know, and it's interesting to me because uh, Lynch doesn't normally give in to to other people's demands. No. Uh, Especially after his experience <laughs> after having to do the reveal in season two and also having to deal with uh, uh, Laura Flynn Boyle and all that, I figured he would be pretty much done with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so too. But, you know, I, I think this was a bad call. On Lynch. I mean, I'm just saying, I think this was a bad call on Lynch's part. Um, you know, so... Um, uh, that that's just my opinion. I just yeah, I don't care. Okay, we've got enough into that. All right, Joe. Roadhouse time. I don't know what you're talking about. There was no roadhouse scene this episode. <laughs> there was a roadhouse scene. No, there wasn't. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right, you can sit this one out. You're just um, talking about bubble gum right now. <laughs> yeah, it's um um. All right, so um. It, it, I'll, I'll do this. It, so again, we get, we get, just you and I. Now, <clears throat> reason why I listened to it was I wanted to see, and it is the exact same recording from twenty five years ago. Yeah. Um, and there, there, one of the girls, the girl on the right hand of the screen, when you're watching the TV, she's on the right. Um, is just staring off into the rafters the whole time. <laughs> it's really, really odd. Um, it really kind of took my attention away from everything that was going on, except for this crazy wide-eyed girl staring into the thing like she's on a fucking sunshine acid. It was really bizarre to me. Um, and I just think, I don't even know if that was directed that way. I just think that's what she was doing. Um, have we talked about that James Hurley was not happy with this recording and previously, I don't know if we ever did. 
we've I think we covered that. He wasn't happy. He didn't like singing the falsetto. And then when they brought it back for this, they quit. They just used the original recording because he can't sing that high anymore. I mean, so I mean, yes, he's like in his. He's got to be like in his fifties, late forties. I would have preferred to have heard it in the non, in not the falsetto. I would have preferred it. I would give me a different version of just you, <laughs> but you gave me the same fucking one. And um, so that happened. And then poor Ed just sitting alone with his double R to go um, at big gas uh, at, at the gas farm. Nobody stopping at big Ed's. Yeah, but there's the Easter eggs here, man. Ooh, tell me the Easter eggs that you caught. Did you hear the weird bass noise while he was in there eating his soup? I did hear the weird bass noise. Did you look at his reflection in the glass? I did not look at his reflection in the glass. His reflection in the glass is not reflecting what he's actually doing. I did not see that. What's what's happening there? I think like when he's looking out the window, he's just looking out the window for lonely or whatever, Mm -hmm. Uh, but... His reflection in the in the window is he's eating the soup. Huh. You know, Interesting. So time, another time is an, fractured. Another show that time is fractured. Very cool. Um, I did not catch that. I might actually go back and look at that um, this week, um, probably before I watch the next episode um, to see that. I did not catch that. That's a really good catch, Joe. Yeah. Well, I didn't catch. I. I when the episode aired and then I went in like groups and they, people pointed it out. So I, I, I didn't catch it. Somebody else did, but I figured I'd throw it out here just because it, it's a, another one of like, you know, at the double R when the, the crowd changes sort of thing. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Really cool. Um, so yeah, this was, this was overall the episode. Um, Knowing what I know, this is kind of the last really slow episode. It's, um, it's, it's, uh, starts going in gear. It starts going in gear from here. Uh, the next episode being, um, uh, what, what is it? I forget the name of what they call it. Oh, what, what they named it. Um, is it, we are like, we are like the dreamer. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We are like the dreamer. Uh, this is, I'm looking forward to us discussing that one. Um, th- th- we're, we're, we're getting somewhere. Um, and there's going to be a, a big thing going on. A couple of big things going on in the next episode. Would you agree? Yeah. From what I remember. I, yeah. Yeah. From what I remember, I believe. Get a Monica Bellucci ca- cameo. <laughs> Yes, 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 you do. Um, you, you do, you get a um, Monica Belushi uh, cameo. Um, yeah, so um, I don't remember much else about that, um, but it should be. Um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to getting that one. Um, so your thoughts on it? Yeah, I liked it. It's a. Uh... We're at the we're at the the final stretch here of the return. So yeah, this is kind of like there's another episode that just kind of moved things along, uh, just kind of getting all the pieces finally just all set up right for uh, the next last 
stretch of episodes. I like it. It's it has a it has a lot of quirky humor to it and <laughs> just the arm wrestling. Just. Oh my god, the arm over the top. Here you go. <laughs> Put the hair more like a machine. <laughs> god damn it. Um yeah, so Joe, what else do we have going on? Uh well, the Joe down uh it, just because things have been going on. The next Joe Down, I think, will be coming out next week, uh, where we do, speaking of, Glenn Danzig's Verotica. <laughs> I don't know about Dick Danzig's Verotica. What is this? Made a full-length uh, horror movie. It's on Shudder. It's the room of horror movies. It's uh, He was upset when he did the, the, his big screening because everybody was laughing like how people laughed watching The Room. He did not, because he, he's so not self-aware. And he has such a huge ego that he got really upset. It's bad. It's fucking terrible. Is it really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's on Shutter, man. If you want to sit through it, it's just like, what is this? It's, how long ago was it made? Last year. Holy fuck. Well, yeah, I might have to watch it before I read the Joe down. Um, I was, I, I, yeah, I might have to renew my Shutter membership. Um, shit. All right. Well, that's fucked up. Um, all right. Yeah. So, what else do we got going on? Uh, I, uh, I missed out on the last episode of The Office or whatever. So, I, or maybe not the. We have the Office podcast going. Uh, I'm not sure what what episode's coming out this week, Paul. Oh, the episode that's coming out this week is the one. So I think we just did the carpet. So it's the one before the carpet. Is that the secret? No, we did the secret already, didn't we? Oh hell, I don't remember now. Um, what's the one before the ah? Uh, what's the one before the carpet? See, now you're asking the guy that's never seen the show to remember which episodes there was. Uh, oh, no, we're on season two. Um, the episodes that we did was secret. Yes, it's the secret. Yep, the secret's coming out. No, we, did we do the secret? No. Yeah, it's the secret. Okay. The secret's coming out, then it's the carpet. Yep. All right. Yep. So... Yeah, um, I think, you know, I mean, I know you had a, were on assignment and had things going on. Um, I think that was a good episode for you to, to, to not have to be in. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah. Um, and then uh, with Cast That Movie, uh, we're still plotting how we're going to do the new format. So it's still on hiatus for a little while. I did put out the update uh update one but uh yeah it's it's coming it's just we need to again we have been meaning to get together and cro- you know figure out what the new format you there paul hey you there back yeah here i am i'm here okay. <clears throat> <laughs> Sorry, I bumped my mic. Um, so as I was saying, uh, with cast that movie, uh, we are still crossing the I's, dotting uh, dotting the I's, crossing the T's. Um, we just, you know, there's been so much going on. Um, 
that we just haven't been able to get together and figure out the new and you know finalize the new format. Um, so that's all that that's really pull, holding that one back. Um, we should have that one recorded next weekend. So that is coming. Um, I promise we have not given up on cast that movie. And finally, all these things can be found where, Joe? At the joedown.blog. Yes, sir. You're talking to a guy that owns his own website, his own blog. This guy, he gets featured in newspaper articles. This is a big deal you're listening to, people. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, I have to smoke when we're talking Twin Beaks. I have to do it. Um, the um, I did not. I checked, our, I checked our fan mail, Joe. We did not get anyone submitting their versions of uh of uh you and i well get it together people paul needs to hear these covers i do need to hear these covers and if i you know, i'll tell you what if if, if i get <clears throat> if i get even 10 even 10 covers i uh, again the email is talking twin peaks at gmail.com if i get 10 covers not only will I play them, I will make my own cover. And when you guys submit your covers um, of of you and I, um, tell me what genre of music you want me to make it. I will make it whatever genre wins. So I will make, like, if you want a metal version, if you want a country version, if you want a doo-wop version, which it already is, but I can do it, um, I will make it happen and I will do it live on the show. Just for Joe's, uh, uh, to make Joe miserable. <laughs> um, so I am making that deal right now. Um, other than that, I think that's it. I think we could cut this one for where it's at, Joe. I agree. Uh, until next time. What story is that, Charlie?